I'm Susie Anetta, Editor-in-Chief of Design Anthology. And in this week's episode of the podcast, I'm on the line with Jeff Farron and Tim Hay of Auckland-based architectural practice, Farron Hay. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Thanks for the invitation. It's a pleasure. Um, I've been a big fan for a while, actually, so it's really great to chat. And I guess given the news overnight, um, you guys are sort of feeling that, that little bit closer now that the uh, the prospect of travel between Australia and New Zealand is uh, hopefully not too far away. Having never been to New Zealand myself, I think, you know, I've grown up, as I'm sure many people have, watching the landscape probably just on the big screen as a backdrop to certain films and it is quite an awe-inspiring landscape and I I wanted to actually ask you first how you think growing up in an environment like that has perhaps influenced your approach to architecture. I don't know if it's um, the landscape specifically. Um, I think the the architecture that we've um, developed over sort of 20 years in practice has been able to be set in some amazing locations and I think the um, the opportunity when we're designing in these these um, places is to sort of be able to craft the building with its environment so we're we're focused on those opportunities and, and having had those opportunities you know from um, very early on um, I think our first project was on a um, sort of remote coastal setting. Um, we, sorry, there's a bit of background noise. Um, <laughs> we, you know, we've been fortunate enough to be able to sort of, yeah, design buildings in places that are very special. So um, I think I think growing, that growing up in them is is is. Um, is uh, is an interesting question because I don't know that you've a lot of the places we've been up designing buildings for hasn't haven't haven't been part of 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 for instance my my upbringing but I think you um, you tend to regard each each different landscape or each different location as 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 a as a as a, as a different opportunity um, growing up. And amongst the landscape means, I guess you don't, um, you you know you know you know a little bit more about um, what it takes to create a building or a place to inhabit there, um, but then again, not so much if you're asked to, you know, go and go to a place that you're not familiar with in a, in a, in a, in a much more extreme landscape. You, you need to investigate that as if you've you, you've never seen it before. So. Um, I, th- I think the thing with New Zealand is, is although um, people talk about New Zealand and its landscape, it is a um, diverse landscape across the country. So we have the mountains, we have the lakes, we have the beaches and the forests. So I think um, when people ask us about how our architecture responds to the landscape, I think it is, you know, it is 
definitely something each project specifically has a sort of a point of view of how it interacts or reflects or um, works with the landscape but it's it, it's singular condition at all and in, in mm. my particular case it was interesting because I definitely grew up here but I actually um, spent time in Australia um, uh, studying for my architecture degree so it was um, a much um, coming back to it was was something quite unique um, but but it just it just it, it just I guess um, makes you aware as Tim said of the diversity that you want to respond to mm. I guess if I'm to rephrase that I'm, I'm wondering you know Australia is a very outdoorsy sort of lifestyle and I imagine that it is in New Zealand correct me if I'm wrong and I'm, I'm wondering then if a childhood in that sort of that sort of lifestyle, whether it instills a certain level of respect in you for Mother Nature and for the environment, would you say that that's true? I think so. I think, you know, I mean, I think our probably childhoods would be very similar to the experiences of being in Australia, but, you know, you are exploring, you have the benefit of um, a, a landscape that actually allows you to explore and um, there's you know the differences between New Zealand that some uh, and Australia that we sometimes joke about is that you can run through the meadows and swim in the oceans and you know there's nothing that's going to eat or kill you in New Zealand as, as opposed <laughs> to some other parts of the world and um, so there is this sense of the the beauty and the ruggedness of the landscape but also a comfort in how you can you can um, move through it and, and enjoy it that we, we are lucky to have um, and I think the, the the scale of the urban environment in New Zealand is, you know, quite compact compared to other parts of the world. So our experiences, you know, and that's changing. You know, there are cities that are, um, you know, developing, and the quality of those urban environments are um, are getting better and better. But probably the you know the overwhelming sort of experience of growing up in this country is being on the beaches and the hills and in the forests and so you know those those will, will have influences on our work um how to specifically sort of point to them is probably a little bit difficult but though that that's the, the main um, thing i yeah. think i mean one of the things just thinking about the your rephrasing of the question is that you you want to create spaces that engage with that landscape right so um, as opposed to just dreaming up something that you might think think is beautiful just in and of itself, um, you are looking to create spaces in the way that those work, particularly for, um, I guess, um, places to occupy uh, from a from a residential or a or a or, or a, um, um, a sort of retreat type approach, where the architecture or the spaces that the architecture delivers engages directly with the landscape. Um, and and mm. the day and the life of being in those buildings is about experiencing um, how that landscape changes through the through the day and through the season. So that's that that's always been a really big part of of and a, and a really big driver of of how our design works, regardless of where we are looking. I think the mm. other thing is that in, in a lot of our work, we look to sort of have experiences within the building that edit the landscape. I think we've, you know. Um, uh, when we have opportunities for fantastic vistas and outlooks, you know, sometimes we want the buildings to take advantage of those, but also through different experiences, limit how much of those experiences are 
always available and the contrast and um, and that happens in the planning and the sort of the section of the building um, because the scale of the experiences vary from sort of a a landscape, um, a coastal landscape where horizon is, you know, and the horizontal is, you know, quite an important sort of reference to the mountains where you're trying to capture sort of vertical experience and, and vistas. And so I think the um, experience of how the buildings, you know, communicate with the landscape varies on each project, but our, our, our filtering of it in the buildings is something that we, we, we love to do and, and, and as Jeff said, you know, that is through um, conditions in, internally that relate to sometimes to sort of comfort, but um, comfort needs to sort of um, have a sense of containment sometimes rather than full exposure and then there's also moments where, um, you know, you, you, you do want to um, expand those experiences and, and and you'll see in some of our buildings that you know there's you know some of them are quite light filled and, and open but probably a little bit more in, in our recent work we're looking at sort of how how to you know layer the buildings and that rather than the sense of just inside and out we're looking for this sort of um diffusion of some of the spaces between inside and out through layers and shutters and intermediate spaces. Sorry, I went in a sort of a, a bit of a circuit there, probably <laughs> okay. off piece from the question, but uh, <laughs> probably got, 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 got us into some detail about, you know, how the buildings are responding, I think, yeah. No, I think it's great. It's sort of, it's going to lead me to a question that I've got further on, but I'm going to go to it now because I think, you know, this connection to the land seems to be a really important part of, um, of your architecture. And, and I'm wondering uh, how much time you think is necessary and how much time is possible to spend on a site throughout the process of building, let's just say, a private residence. What does that sort of typically look like? Uh, that I mean, that, that that depends hugely on the on, on the nature of the of, of, of the location. I mean, one of the things um, depending on how. So if you're in a in, if you're in a, a particular location that has quite extreme topography and and strong um, you know strong contour and, and and limited ability to site a building, I think you can pretty pretty quickly um, having having spent some time there start responding to that and using the restrictions to shape what your response might be. You, you do the same thing in a, in, a, in, a, in a massive flat terrain with vistas all around you. It's a, it's a much more, um, um, it's, it's a much more uh, um, um, sort of elongated, I guess, or investigation to try and figure out what the building might do. So it's that age old thing, the more restrictions you have, probably the, the the stronger the response can be um but i think um we do it we do absorb know. them fairly quickly i think some clients are surprised that you know and we um you know there's a lot of effort sometimes to sort of travel or, or get to a site and coordination and 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 so we, we get there and um and i think sometimes we say yep that's we're good we, we've got it um, and I think there's a little bit of surprise sometimes that, you know, given the effort to actually get there, that that, <laughs> that, that experience was so fast. But, um, and, and the other thing that's happening now, um, 
Well, it's happened for a while because we work remotely, so we, you know, we we don't have the convenience of a, the a site visit being jump in the car and twenty minutes down the road you're there. You know, we have um, projects around the world. We have an office in Los Angeles, and we um, are currently in this sort of COVID environment designing projects where we can't actually physically um, visit them. There's a project in Patagonia that we're designing that we're having to rely on technology and um, remote reconnaissance for us to build a picture of, you know, um, being on the site. So, um, wow. yeah, so the, 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 the toolkit, the sort of conventional toolkit for sort of, you know, how we probably started the, the practice for visiting the site having a chat and sort of getting going has changed a little bit um but i think it's interesting though yeah. i think because if you say that it's just for a private residence then quite often the response um can come quite quickly because the program or the, the 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 spatial kind of requirements of the of the brief are fairly um are fairly known um across all kinds of different landscapes but if the if the if the use of the building or the or the the, the requirements are much more specific um, and unique then I think it could take a lot longer to understand how how to, how to respond to the site um, so so I, I think what what the design is seeking to achieve from a from an occupation point of view is a big driver and how how quickly or, 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 or not so quickly you can you can um, arrive at at what you think is the is the right direction. Mm. I'm curious to know. You've both sort of mentioned that that can surprisingly be quite a quick process at the beginning. Do you think that comes from instinct or experience, or is it a bit of both? I think it's probably a bit of both. Yeah, I think the you know. Um, I think the the thing that we've probably developed over time is that Jeff and I, you know, know what we're looking for when we're visiting a site together. We um, it normally is together. That's what we we try and have that ability on every project that we're um, both able to travel there together and um, and then post sort of. Um, the sort of time on the ground, or sometimes it's the time on the ground, we, through conversation, actually start to design verbally together and sort of talk mm. about opportunities and possibilities. Um, and that sort of design and conversation is, you know, something that's, you know, we've been doing for a long time. So it's not to say that the idea is resolved that quickly, you know, what it should be, but I think what we quickly develop is themes or opportunities that we want to investigate in the design process that we get excited by and I think the um, the idea of yeah sort of developing a little bit of the sort of I guess the script of which way this could go early on is something that we, we, we find quite fluid and but the process once we're back in the studio of testing that idea and refining it um, and you know that you know that does take time and, and there's a there's a rigor to that but um I think the sort of the 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 sort of the start of that thing happens normally quite um, fluidly. Yeah. Mm. Would you add anything to that, Jeff? No, no. That, I think the design and conversation is probably the best capture I've heard in a long time, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, You've been practicing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
So does that mean that the two of you are working sort of side by side in some way, um, so to speak, on each of the projects yeah. or is there a bit of a divide and conquer kind no, of attitude? No, uh, literally okay, our desks so are, we share a big desk. Um, we've got um, a space in the office that we, you know, we, we work beside each other. We, I mean, because of the, the scale of the practice and the sort of the amount of work that we have, it, it's, it can never be um, as hand in hand as that. And so I think the, the, what we try and do, like I said, is always be there for the sort of initial um, visit, client, um, client sort of um, relationship building part where we're listening to the client and understanding what they want to do and, and, and the sort of, I guess, the genesis of the project together, you know, um, and, and each project has that um, initiation and then, um, and then both of us, um, are aware of the project and are beside each other in terms of its develop, development, but through efficiency, one of us will, will take sort of the, the project beyond that initial conceptual phase and, and, and lead it within the office, yeah. Mm. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, some of the adaptive reuse projects that you've completed, and I guess maybe the one that's coming to my mind immediately is uh, a hotel in Taichung, I believe it is, in Taiwan. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe a little bit about how, whether that process is quite different, or whether it's a similar sort of fluid process between working, say, on a residential, whether it's, you know, a new construction or whether compared to an adaptive reuse and whether that becomes a commercial project. Is the, is the process for you fairly similar or are you approaching it in a different kind of way? It's I a much, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a mu there's much more discovery in adaptive reuse. I think the initial design response, having understood what the potential of the existing scenario offers is similar. It's like looking at a site or like looking at a location and trying to figure out how you might start working and building into those into those um, aspects of it. But but generally, I mean, a lot of that, f um, a lot of the delivery of those first conceptual ideas develops hugely as you find out more about the existing opportunity and you need to respond to it and sometimes to 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 you know. Uh, to a great extent in, in that you, you you discover things along the way that become kind of I guess a, a central part of the architectural response but it's not you might not have understood that initially about the, the building so it's a much um, uh, it's, it's sort of a longer design journey through those projects I think I think I think what we're trying to do in those those projects is sort of find what we sort of want to cherish about the sort of the existing structures, and I think that um, is sometimes immediately obvious, um, just visually. Um, and as Jeff said, sometimes it's actually through an editing process of scraping back a few layers and um, removing components to be left with parts that are more useful or, or, or will be more desirable in a final design outcome. And I think the the sort of surgery you have to do sometimes physically but just also just from a design mental point point of view to sort of find the sort of the sort of the chassis component that's going to be the thing to spring a new design response off is is the thing that we sort of we, we work on mm, interesting and did you get the chance to visit that site was that pre-covid yes. yeah no that was pre-covid so that okay. you know being able to 
yeah, visit the site and spend some time and understand the, you know, the context of the building and how it sits in a, in a broader environment as well was quite important. Mm, yeah, it sounds really interesting. I'm quite keen. Taiwan, I think, is quite high on my list of places to get back to when we can travel. So yeah, I'll have yeah. to put that on my list. <laughs> yeah, well, you know where to stay. Yeah, I do indeed. Um, so that leads me to my next question, which is about sort of working across um, countries and cultures. Um, so that's just one example in Taiwan, but I know you've worked in Hong Kong and I think you mentioned earlier that you have an office in LA. How are you sort of finding, well, for a start, splitting the work and projects across two locations, which are quite separated geographically, but also time zones, um, and then the sort of differences in working within different cultures, you know, what maybe are some of the lessons that you could sort of draw from those experiences? I think the biggest one is, is really how much... Um, uh, or how much collaboration is involved in those projects um, and that is something that I think is really healthy to bring back to projects that are um, that, that are not located remotely we, we always um, go out when, when, a, when a project opportunity comes about outside our kind of our normal haunts is a um, is, is going find a um, a series of partners who can help us find out what the what the what the best approach is to respond to the individual needs of that particular place and 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 the sort of the culture that surrounds it. Um, all of the all of the projects that are delivered remotely are delivered with the with with the collaboration with a with a local contractor and local. Um, Design partners who can, who can interpret for us, um, what the, you know, or, or provide a kind of a background of what the traditional or, or local approach to various scenarios are, and then we have the opportunity to interpret that and respond with our design approach, um, um, had, trying to weave that into what we what we're understanding from the, from the local partners. Would you add anything to that, Tim? Um, I think, I mean, in, in some ways, absolutely we do what, what Jeff said, is, and that's all part of the research and being able to sort of expand on the sort of internal resources that we have in the office and find people with skills and understandings beyond the office. So that, that's, um, that process happens fairly naturally for us because a lot of our work is outside of our, our neighbourhood. Um, I think the um, the creative process is, is is actually not dissimilar whether we're in a Tai Chung or in doing a farmhouse in Surrey in the UK. We, you know, together we sort of, like I said, we sort of develop a sort of design conversation. We 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 work out what 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 the um, opportunities are what the clients asking for and, and for us also what will make this something special and different to what we've done before so those 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 motivations are international rather than sort of being specific to one country and I think the I think the one of the things that we're very lucky to be able to do is to have that diversity of um, opportunity in such different places to you know um, to to, to sort of deliver our buildings so I think um, 
there's 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 something to our process that actually is is the same no matter where we're doing it i think yeah mm. so you were clearly doing a little bit of travel pre-covid for work but are you the types of architects that will travel for inspiration and perhaps to see uh buildings of other architects whose work you admire was that something that you were doing mm. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, we, we've been, yeah, we travel, um, you know, for work and we've attended a number of international um, architecture festivals around the world. We, we, we enjoy doing that and then as part of those, um, you know, we extend those to see other projects and buildings. So it's actually been quite strange to not be doing that for such a period of time. Um, it's also mm. been a little bit refreshing, to be honest, because I think we were <laughs> potentially... Um, over traveled for 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 the period leading up to us sort of um being um unable to move so um i think there's now a, a little bit of a itch to to get out and move again but um you know we 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 you know from the early days of practice you know we we i think in sort of the first few years of being in practice we got a project um abroad so it, it, it's not something that's happened in the sort of the last few years we've been doing it for a long time yeah and are there any particular destinations that you have been to that you've particularly enjoyed from sort of a, an architectural voyeuristic perspective or are there any bucket list places that you can share with us um i think we not, both loved berlin a few years ago berlin and um that um yeah. but but i mean i mean it's so hard to pin one i think you know um yeah we, we after Berlin we went to Vals and saw Zumthor's Vals together. So, um, but, but but as soon as we probably hang up from this call, we'll think of four or five other projects <laughs> that are as significant. But um, there's a few it's quite interesting. Sometimes you, I mean, like if you go into cities or or, or 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 different sort of urban environments, there'll always be a number of places to, that 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 we kind of pull out and and make sure that we can. Or try and try and arrange to to go and see that sometimes you know it is just a destination thing like the bars or we headed out to the um to utah for the Amangiri after one west coast trip to and, and check that out and you know you're doing that just specifically for that one piece of design work to to experience but um often if we've got a you know if, if, like when we headed to berlin the opportunity was there to go to Copenhagen for the first time for me and that was that was oh. a fantastic experience so we just try to I, I guess try to build um build that itinerary around the um the work travel that we're already doing mm. well given that you well not just you we've all been grounded for I don't know maybe it's 12 months or a little bit longer now um for someone like me who's not been to Auckland I think it maybe Tim it was you that mentioned earlier that the built uh, environment of, of New Zealand is relatively compact. Um, I'm wondering if you could describe Auckland for us from a, an architectural mm. perspective and whether there's a particular building that stands out to you as being a favourite or, you know, potentially significant. Auckland is learning to, to, to grow up into, in, in, into, a, into, a, into a kind of a much richer urban environment, I think. Um, and since we've been in practice, the city's changed extensively and has undertaken a number of kind of urban projects to and urban renewal projects. Um, I think its built environment um, 
is is starting to see one or two, I guess, um, global standard approaches. But a lot of it is still um, still developing very um, and or very much so into the in, into the sort of calibre of things that um, I, I guess we would enjoy. Uh, and but that's that's one of the reasons why it's exciting to be here, you know. Um, and and is that um, there is still a lot of urban and and kind of architectural opportunity within New Zealand cities, um, and the character of those places is is developing, you know, kind of in front of us. Sometimes for the sometimes for the better, and sometimes not so much. There's probably not one that I'd pull out to say you've got to get here and see that, um, um, but uh, you know I think uh, I mean, when I say there's not one, I mean there's not just one particular one that I would I, w- I would suggest that you need to get here and see. But it's 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 been very interesting for us to watch as we you know um, or and be part of as we started very young. Um, as, as sort of 25, 26 year olds when we started in practice and, and as we have, as our practice has kind of developed and been able to take on commissions beyond just the private residential, um, you know, some of those, some, watching some of those opportunities take shape around the city has been fantastic. Mm, interesting. What would you add to that, Tim? Um, I think when I think about Auckland, um, for someone that hasn't been here, the 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 scale of the of the city is is, is something I think I mentioned before. You know, it's not a, a large city, and I guess the 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 thing that's still um, probably overwhelming for people that come here for the first time is the sort of the the sense of the natural landscape here, the harbours, the Waitemata Harbour, um, the Manukau Harbour. This this the sense of um, yeah, the, the, the way that the oceans really form the top of New Zealand and, and it is a very narrow um, part of the country that Auckland exists on such that you can be between the west and east coast in almost minutes in some locations. So it is this um, spectacular condition and then the, 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 the city, it, it probably feels like a I'd almost call it like an urban settlement, and the word settlement probably because of its scale and its sense of um, youth um, when you compare it to other um, international cities. So um, like Jeff said, it's got, it's got a lot of growing to do, which is also given our, um, our business and our, what we do um, means that there's opportunity for us to have an influence on which way it can go, which is exciting. Um, and as much as you know, we've potentially talked about our work in the residential field, um, being able to be involved in how the city is shaped and, and, and parts of it um, is something that we we really enjoy. Um, and 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 I guess in terms of the progression, and one thing that probably is in our mind is just how difficult it is as a practice of our scale to be involved in that work we've been lucky through competitions to be able to produce some what we think probably are significant projects for the city or, or buildings but um, the sort of the weight of the sort of the larger practices that sort of devour all the larger commissions and um, you know and the com- 
the competitiveness for a, a practice of our scale to be able to um, be involved in that is in, in our mind and how to you know be able to have a hand in, in you know um, the the shaping of the city is something that still um, requires a lot of effort so um, it's something that we you know probably if we wanted to, we could we could focus on um, work in a certain sort of category and 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 really enjoy working in 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 that field. But it requires effort to be involved in sort of shaping a city, and um, it's something that's um, on our radar. Yeah. Mm. Well, that sounds quite exciting, and I look forward to seeing it in person sometime soon. Hopefully. Uh, my final question for the two of you is just, you know, what, um, what, what can we look forward to next from, from the practice? Is there anything, any projects that you're able to talk about at this stage that um, we can put on our radar? There's a number of projects being realised um, um, in, in Australia and in on the East Coast and in Sydney in particular um, in terms of residential projects and those are, those are exciting for us to be able to um, to, to work on and extend our, I guess, uh, our residential um, work into um, the cities and, and sites and landscapes um, in, in Australia. Um, and there's, the, you know, a developing kind of um, practice that, we've, that, we've, that we started a little while ago in Los Angeles and we're very focused on, on, on the opportunities that 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 can um, that that can bring forward. Um, there's, I mean, the, the um, potential of, of working on the west coast of the states in both urban and residential sectors is is very exciting. Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's going to be looking forward to seeing all of that, and I'm sure much more. So, thank you both so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure chatting. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you.